Hi. <laughs> Good evening. Um, so Isaac and Jacob, this is where we're beginning our, uh, well, we've already started our series, which Kate started us for us, for us very nicely last week. Um, but this week we are looking at the Battle of the Brothers. Um, Tom read through um, pretty much the whole of that passage, which is really helpful um, to have a think about the context that we're in. Um, but we're looking at a bit of a fisticuffs between two brothers. I don't know if you, you've got siblings, um, whether you have a bit of family rivalry that goes on. I see two brothers over there. Perfect. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so we're looking at um, Esau and Jacob who have something that the other one wants. They've got their eyes fixed on what the other one's got and they want it. Um, I wonder if you've ever been in that position where you see something that someone else has got and you really want it really badly, but it's just not quite in your reach. It's not quite yours, but you would quite like it for your own. Or maybe um, you've looked after kids before and um, you've seen the child that you're looking after sees a toy that this other kid is looking after and there is nothing else that will quite satisfy them except from that one toy that that other kid has and maybe because their vocabulary isn't quite as uh, good they don't know what to do to sort of settle the uh, dispute so maybe some punches get thrown or pushes or tugs or something like that Um, but we're adults right we can deal with things a bit more civilisedly Maybe. <laughs> um, before we kick off, I've just got a really, really short uh, little video clip just to get our minds in the sense of um, looking at something that uh, someone else has got and we really want it. And how do we deal with that? How do we um, battle with uh, something that we desire that we can't quite get hold of? So let's just have a very quick look at that. And uh, so we're looking at a family who aren't perfect. Um, but we're looking at the line of Abraham's family. So we've got um, Abraham, who gave birth to Isaac, who then gave birth to these twins, Jacob and Esau, or Esau and Jacob, I should say. And uh, what we know from last week is uh, one of them was, uh, came out red and hairy, um, and he came out first, and the second one came out grasping the heel of the hairy one, um, which also actually means, uh, translates as um, deceiving. So that just kind of gives you a little idea of perhaps his character. But we're going to um, pray together and uh, before we look a bit more at these two characters and what we might learn from them and from their little fisticuffs um, that they're having. So let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've breathed life into it and that there is truth in this Bible. And God, we just ask now that our hearts would be open to hearing what you have to say. God, would you speak life into this passage? Amen. Great. So, as a way of... um, helping us to understand, uh, perhaps visually understand what this might have been like. We're going to go into a hypothetical boxing ring. Um, So, a little tribute for you there, uh, Alice. (laughs) Um, So, if you can imagine, um, we've got 
in one corner, we've got one of the brothers, and in the other corner, we've got the other brother. And they're both uh, fighting for different things. So we're going to unpack and see what they're both fighting for, and also what their reward is. So, in uh, your left-hand corner, we've got Esau. So if you can imagine, uh, picture Esau as uh, a big, strong, hairy, reddish, maybe he was ginger, um, red-haired man who loves the outdoors. I think uh, Mike referred to him as a bit of a Bear Grylls this morning. Um, He loves the outdoors. He loves hunting. He loves uh, catching game and wildlife. And he's got a big appetite. And he's also Isaac's favourite. He's a daddy's boy. Okay, got a good picture of him? Got a good visual? Great, good. Okay, we're going to go over to this side, onto our right-hand corner. And uh, we've got Jacob. Uh, As we know, Jacob grasps the heel. He deceives. And he also prefers the indoors. He prefers his uh, cooking skills. Or um, he's he's quite clever with his mind. He likes to scheme and plot and uh, plan. And we know he's Rebecca's favourite. He was also referred to uh, as one of the... uh, Big Bang Theory kind of nerdy geek type characters um, <laughs> over there. So he's a mama's boy. So we've got daddy's boy over here, mama's boy over there. Uh, one loves the outdoors, one loves uh, to be a bit more of a thinker, a bit more of a schemer. So let's look at what they're boxing for. What are their motives? Let's think about Jacob to begin with. He is jealous of his brother's birthright. What does that mean? You can just imagine him saying to his mum, oh, just because he came out first, it's not fair. He doesn't even want his birthright. I want it more, but why does he get it? It's not fair. What about birthright? What, what's so special about that? It doesn't really mean much in our day and age, does it? What's the big deal? So what is so important about the birthright? Uh, actually, in your study notes, you'll see that it's got a bit more of a description of what it really means. Um, but in Deuteronomy, uh, which is a bit further on, so it may or may not been, have been exactly like this, but in Deuteronomy it says that uh, the firstborn, so the first child, gets 50% of his father's inheritance. So 50%, regardless of how many brothers or sisters you have, your father is going to give you half of all of the land he owns, his house, his livestock, uh, family heirlooms perhaps, snazzy watches, smartphones, the latest car, all the latest gadgets, all of his money, he gets half of that, which is, that's pretty awesome. That was the tradition. But also, in this family, Abraham's family, There's a bit more of his inheritance that he gets. There's a promise here. There's uh, God's promise. So God has spoken to Abraham that we can read back uh, a few more chapters prior to this. Um, He talks about a prosperous land that Abraham's descendants are going to have. A family larger than the count of the stars in the galaxy he's going to be a pretty prosperous family. So Jacob also knew this would be the case. 
But I wonder if um, perhaps he chatted to his mum quite a bit when he was uh, learning how to cook with her. I wonder if perhaps Rebecca told him about the word that she got from God when she was pregnant with both of them. Do you remember last week we just briefly looked at what God said, that two nations will be um, battling in your womb, um, but also that the older one will serve the younger one. She was told this in her womb. I wonder if Jacob perhaps was told that. And I wonder if perhaps that uh, made him more um, wanting to grab control, to grasp hold of this birthright. Perhaps he already felt like it was his to get. Okay, so coming back, uh, what is Jacob boxing for? He's boxing because basically he sees what his brother has and he wants it. He wants to grab hold of it. He wants it for his own. To be fair to him, it is the promise of God that he wants. So you've got to give him a bit of credit for that. But he's throwing some sneaky punches. I don't know if that would be uh, against the rules in the boxing uh, book, but he's, he's got a bit of deceitful behavior about him, the way he's going about it. He's even using um, Esau's weakness uh, to get his own way. So Jacob, that is him, um, painting a bit more of a character for him. And throughout this, I wonder if there are any elements of uh, these characteristics that maybe remind you of yourself in any way. I know there certainly are for me. Okay, let's go over to Harry Esau over here, big outdoors Bear Grylls type character. What is Esau fighting for? Picture this. Esau has been out hunting all day. He's been in the woods. He's been chopping. He's been um, doing whatever he does to catch the game. I don't know what that is. Maybe a bow and arrow or something. And he's exhausted. He's hungry. He's tired. He's a bit teasy. Not the kind of guy to mess with. But as he comes home, drapesing all of his gear, probably, he is caught up by this smell that is just making his tummy rumble. And he's kind of drawn into the tent, followed um, his body followed by his nose, maybe. <laughs> and um, he pulls back the curtain. It's like, what is that smell? I've got to have it. And he sees his little worm of a brother there by the cooking stove. I wonder if his heart perhaps sinks. Oh, what's this going to be about? Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I find it so difficult to make decisions when I'm hungry, or if I'm tired, or if I need the toilet. These are all really bad combinations of me uh, making a decision, Um, especially if we go to Sainsbury's for lunch. Kate knows it, yeah. (laughs) Poor Tim and Kate are always waiting at the entrance with their lunch, and I'm still there like, I don't know what I want. (laughs) Um, And the longer you choose to make a decision, the harder it gets to make a decision. The harder it gets, the longer you'll get hungry, and it's just an impossible cycle. (laughs) I always end up coming back with something that I didn't really want, and I'm always disappointed. I get food envy. Oh, it's a nightmare. Maybe this is how Esau feels. (laughs) Maybe he's just really hungry and he's tired. He can't think straight. There's a smell that's like filling up his nose. Right at that moment, Esau sees what Jacob has. He sees what his brother has and he wants it. Nothing else is of such high concern 
than that one thing, the immediate pleasure that he can see in front of him, that he can smell. I wonder perhaps if Esau ever lives to regret his hastily decision, knowing that he's, he's bargaining between birthright inheritance, all the latest gadgets and things of his future with a tasty stew. So I wonder if there are any relations here in the two corners of the boxing ring that you might relate to, maybe one more than the other, or maybe both in different elements. So Esau, we see, has this um, desire for immediate pleasure, this self-gain, this, this want, and quite a loose grip of um, need for any future gain. Uh, we even know from uh, later on chapters, he, uh, he goes off and marries more than one uh, wife from lands that God has specifically said don't marry from, from these areas. Um, so just kind of goes to show his his desires, his heart, his orientation isn't really over or under God's authority. I wonder, putting it into context for today, I wonder if perhaps sometimes are we faced with temptations, things that are there immediately and they're just quick pleasures that we want. They might seem tasty at the time, but are they really good for us? Are they really in God's plan? Maybe these kind of sayings of, I do what I want, or I am my own master, or I'd rather have the immediate pleasures, and I don't really have time for God, or I don't want to change for God. Maybe it seems like too much of a a big thing to, uh, to do when these immediate pleasures are right in front of us. Okay, let's leave that one over there with Jacob. What about, can we relate to, sorry, Esau, that's Esau. Can we see him? Great, imagination. <laughs> uh, Jacob over here, what about, what, what is he boxing for? What's he swinging his punches for? This higher position, this blessing, God's promise. Maybe there's a bit of self-gain there. Or is it something that is because it's his brothers, it's, it's higher, it's, it's more than he can strive for? Do we see that sometimes in, in our lives when there's this kind of cultural um, ladder to, to get higher and higher on um, maybe the work ladder? Or um, there's always a comparison between people. Are you um, like this person or are you achieving more um, than this one? Perhaps there's this desire to want to be chosen, want to be the chosen one. Maybe wanting to be recognized or even appreciated. So let's not forget that Jacob is looking at, um, reaching out for God's promise. But he's just going about it in a deceitful way. He's not a perfect guy. So what are our focuses What are our eyes fixed on? And how are we going about getting it? In an honourable way? So are we uh, boxing for our immediate pleasures? Or our higher positions, perhaps? Well, this is the turning point for us. Is that 
yes, there's a line of Abraham, but our relation to this is now in the New Testament, we know there's a changing point, right? The promise um, of God's inheritance that Jacob was, uh, was fighting for has actually already been fulfilled. Actually, Jesus has already filled it. Our future is already secure in Christ. So these things that we're grappling onto, Jacob is wanting that promise, that inheritance. Actually, the promise and the inheritance is already, has been fulfilled through Jesus. That's the reward. In um, Romans, the, one of Paul's books, he, he writes, we are being conformed into the likeness of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. So the firstborn among many brothers. So not only are we part of God's chosen family, but we are co-heirs with Christ. So we're co-inheritors. So all that God promises is not just to the one individual, which would be Christ, but it's actually us, those who choose to turn to God, those who choose to be a part of his family. He says, yeah, okay, come on then. You can be in line with Christ, not because we deserve it, but because actually God loves each one of us equally. God sees us through these Christ-tinted spectacles. (laughs) So we get this inheritance, this promise. That's our hope and that's that's our fixing point that our eyes can be fixed on, not onto what other people are doing or these other um, achievement things that we have that will soon fade away, not these immediate pleasures, but actually God's promise that has already been fulfilled through Jesus. So, okay, that's fine, but just before we come into land, we are still faced with these temptations every day, right? It's still hard because we are in the real world. There are immediate pleasures that we are faced with, or there are um, these higher possessions that we want, that our human um, being desires. So how might we... uh, change our behavior, our action in living in this this real world. Well, let us remember that Jesus has won the battle, that this whole boxing ring, it's a bit like Jesus throwing in the, the white towel. He's like, no, no, it's okay. You don't need to fight. I've done it. I've done it on the cross. I've given you your identity. I've given you value. I've given you your inheritance. You're in my family. You're my brother and my sister. Not because you deserve it, but because God loves you. So where are our eyes fixed on? Our eyes are fixed on God, who's already done it, who loves us. Shall we pray together? God, thank you that you see us for who we are. 
And Lord, thank you that you see us as your son and as your daughter, as a firstborn with a high inheritance, which is your eternal kingdom. And God, would we know more and more as we turn to you and spend time with you, would we know more and more that you value us, that our identity is in you. And God, help us when we are in those weak times, when it's hard, when it's tempting. God, help us to fix our eyes on you and to love you because you love us first. Amen.